Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast here from a bunch of people who used to watch Bills games together in Chicago, Illinois. 12-3 and is the Buffalo Bills record. We have won 12 games this year. It used to take us about 18 to 20 months to get 12 wins. We got it this year before January. I'm Lars from just outside Philly. Joining us tonight, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton from Colorado, USA. It's snowing here. I'm tapping the Rockies. There's nothing better. And the president of Bill's Backers of Chicago, Sujit, is also with us tonight. I'm not wearing any pants. Up there in Brew City, USA, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Buffalo, Bill Nichols is here. Best throw of uh, Patriots night was uh, obviously Belichick's. <laughs> the phone. <laughs> yep. And down there tonight in Austin, Texas, Jam and Jeff Day is with us as well. Haven't seen a curb stomping like that since the opening scene of American History X. Wow. wow. Way to Shots bring that fired. to focus for our listeners. So, yeah, uh, that was a beatdown tonight. Uh, the The season is official, folks. Uh, let's not waste any time because there's, there's plenty to talk about. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones, tell everybody you know in Bill's Nation how you found this podcast. And subscribe if you haven't already. Let's not waste any time, seriously. There's so much to discuss after this Pat sweep with, an, with a triple exclamation point with the exclamation point dotted with hearts over the... New England Patriots. And if you don't know, you better call somebody. So the final score was 38-9. to When Cam Newton scored that touchdown, I thought, they're not scoring again this game. That was sloppy. Uh, Mario Addison was held as he was on his way into the end zone. I I just watched that unfold and, like, barring a fluke play, there's no chance they're scoring again. And sure enough... The Bills just all gas, no breaks. They had Barkley throwing it, throwing it downfield after he came in. Um, and it was uh, the statement game that I think that everybody was waiting for from this Buffalo Bills team. Sal Capaccio has been talking about it all week, how we needed to put the flag in the ground and say, if you want to win the AFC East now, you got to come through the Buffalo Bills. And that was pretty obvious tonight 38 to 9 now granted the the Patriots are backpedaling I think that's putting it mildly but it wasn't all pretty we will spend the rest of this podcast talking about everything that was completely awesome about this game what it means what it means for Bills fans and for this organization but first your Jenny Cremel bummer of tonight's game Suge we'll start with you um I want to just give a quick shout out Look, uh, Jenny Cremel, because I actually there's there's so many people that I'm unhappy with that I want to talk about two of them. Uh, one is Corey Borquez. The um, announcer said, you know, the least used punter in the world. I am trying to wonder why Corey Borquez is more valuable than a t-shirt cannon. Um, because at this point, I just kind of feel like we could put the ball in a t-shirt cannon and just see what happens. Um, because who cares what Just happens. wait for the league to find us. Right. Um, Put the ball in their court. But, uh, yeah, you guys have yelled at me a lot during the course of this game, but um, I'm struggling to find something to complain about, and I'm just under-satisfied with Isaiah McKenzie. I feel like he's mm. fast. He's quick. He's not fast. He's quick. And if I have to complain about something on this incredible offense, if I have to pick one playmaker that I think underperforms at his specialty, it's Isaiah McKenzie. He's quick, but he's not – he's he just well, doesn't do I, the things I that he needs to do. Because that's what I was, was going to say, and I complain about it all the time on our group me. I don't think I've talked about it on this podcast so specifically with Isaiah McKenzie, what I want to give it to is Isaiah McKenzie not running in a straight line. Isaiah McKenzie is very effective when he just runs straight, when he just gets to the edge. The, you say he's quick. Okay, I have yet to see Isaiah McKenzie juke anybody. Yeah. It's been three years now, and every time he stops, the play is dead. When he just runs in a straight line to the edge, like he did tonight on like that third and two, and he just ran to the pylon, first down, easy money, he's great. He's very effective. 
is when he tries to stop and juke people, it's like, dude, bro, what are you doing? Stop. You're a fifth rounder that we picked up off the scrap heap. You're not that good. Stop trying to do that. But, Suge, again, we're making these critiques. I mean, come on. Come I mean, on. my first Jenny come Cream on. Ale was trying to replace one of our players with a t-shirt cannon. So it should tell you, like, how powerful these, these statements so, are. I so someone else it. take it. Hey, I, I, yeah. I think that I – but to, so I – and I also understand the context in which you're saying this. I think that Isaiah McKenzie is a fine piece on this team, and they use him a lot. They they put on the graphic tonight that he's in motion or shifting on like sixty percent of our plays, so the Bills are using him very strategically all the time. So I do not want to sit here and say that Isaiah McKenzie is a waste or he's a bad player or anything like that. I agree with you that what's you know what's his face? I can't even remember. I think he was drafted by the Rams out of, like, West Virginia or something. His name eludes me now, but, like, a gadget player. You think of a gadget player. Like, that's what Isaiah McKenzie in ideal world would be, but we don't need that. We just need Isaiah McKenzie to be a – he's, like, our fifth wide receiver yeah. at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's very – And we've also so, really been burned by those gadget players before, whether it's, you know – Don't you every, dare speak ill of every, Roscoe Parrish. Roscoe Parrish. <laughs> everybody that Jeff hates, right? It's like all of the I, Jeff ha- Marquise Goodwin, Roscoe Parrish, um, so at the, Ray Ray McLeod. Began no, in not Peerless Price. That's not the same thing. No, not even remotely what we're talking about. Right. When this podcast began in 2009, on. I was living on Roscoe Street in Chicago. So the passwords for all of our things are my house number, West Roscoe Parrish. So if you ever want to hack us, there, there you go. But don't you dare speak ill of Roscoe Parrish. That said, Roscoe Parrish doing what Isaiah McKenzie is doing right now, we this team would be scoring fifty points a game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. That's <laughs> all right, fine. Yeah, but so again, someone else, yes, someone else yes. complained about something that you have no right to complain about. Yeah, here I've got one. the The freaking dropsies in the first mm. quarter. Okay. Like, what was up with that? And 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 sorry, Dawson Knox. Like, hey, let me hit you right in the hands on one. And then come back in your second and third target of the game, which are really not easy catches. And those, I know we've talked about this on the pod before, right? How he misses the easy ones, he must have but a then split drops the big ones. Or something. Ta- right? Classic knocks. And then, then Taiwan Jones. Like, that oh. hit him in the numbers. Like, he was not a player around him. So, dropsies in the first quarter. Points off the board. I know, not a big deal, but, you know, against a good team, that may come back to bite us. Well, and a quick aside to that, the Taiwan Jones drop would have broken that NFL record, but in the course of all of this, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have shattered franchise records all over the place. It's not even worth getting into because by the time you've listened to this podcast, you're so invested in the Bills, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But the quick aside here is it was announced earlier this week, and we don't usually talk a lot about league news, that they're going to 17 games. So I'm very happy that we're breaking these records this year when moving forward all season records will have an asterisk next to it because it'll all be since since they moved to the 17-game schedule because wow. now all season <clears throat> records are going to be broken in perpetuity um, it, it's going to take a while for the league or for fans to adjust to like, well, what is a lot of touchdowns to throw in a 17? That said, this year, Allen digs the offense, getting it done, and Cass, yeah, that Taiwan Jones, <laughs> I mean, like, what else do you want, buddy? Uh, but that would have broken the record that they were obviously going for, trying to get either Singletary or Andre Roberts a, a touchdown reception today. Uh, which would have which would have been what fourteen players at least uh, at least Taiwan at least Taiwan Jones came back to the ball unlike uh, Charles Clay circa Ugh. whatever that was. Do you guys remember that Why? fucking play? <laughs> yeah, dude, that was. I think that was Allen's rookie year. I think that was. Uh, th- yeah. Ugh. Yeah, but at least, yeah. I mean, but he did, and then the throw was even easier, and he still fucking missed it. <laughs> yeah, so, anyways. It was bad. Uh, I also have uh, my. We're having to go back to 2018 to complain about things tonight. My uh, my cream ale for today is that it's also uh, you know reflecting back on the beginning of the game and it seemed we just had had trouble tackling. Um, 
Mm. Sort of some arm tackles from some guys, and I can't really single out any any specific guys. It just seemed like oh, I could pick the, Jerry Hughes guess, out on the right side of RD, because uh, on the left side of them, yeah, on the right side of RD, it just seemed like there was arm tackles, and you were, we were missing some of the running backs, and then we had Cam Newton down the one time, and again, I don't know exactly who missed him, but uh, Mario Addison, I think, missed him. Well, and that's why I was pretty confident after they scored that touchdown they weren't getting it again because they just got sloppy on that drive. And it just seems like this team is in the zone and they are focused and they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna be sloppy two drives in a row. Neither side of the ball. From here and until the end of the season, they're not gonna put together two bad drives in a row. Knock on wood. Yeah, how about the I, I do kinda worry. I mean we got we got essentially five weeks left of the championship. I mean, they are rolling right now. Can, can they keep it going for five more weeks? Just the, the – Yeah. I mean, uh, they say like – I was also really impressed with the lack of penalties on our team. Like, mm. you know, you think uh, – I think it was the previous two weeks, definitely last week, where it was just sort of dumb penalties. Uh, and Yeah, that was, that was Cass's cream ale. Yeah. It cost me $1,100. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Right. Jeff, do you have a, a Jenny Cream Ale, or are you? You know, I'm going to give my Jenny Cream Ale to the week two, post-week two Patriots fans who <laughs> who we all can remember after the Patriots, I think, started 2-0 and or 1-1 or and, and Cam Newton, you know. Narrowly lost to the Seahawks, if I recall correctly. And you would have thought, my friends, you would have thought – that the second coming of Tom Brady and or Jesus Christ himself had put on a Patriots uniform donning the number one. They had... Happy belated birthday to the big JC, by the way. They had forgotten about Tom Brady. They, nope. They were, Born in September. They were elated not to have Tom Brady. The talk was, how excited must Josh McDaniels and Coach Belichick be to have a quarterback, an athletic quarterback... Yeah, a mobile quarterback. Yeah, who they can they can un, they can just open the playbook. Well, let me tell you, Patriots fans, you've had to close that mother effing playbook because you got a quarterback who cannot throw the ball. And if that no. was any indication, Cam Newton's stat line tonight: five of ten for thirty-four yards. And he was he was relieved by Jared Stidham, who threw for four of eleven for forty-four, making the Patriots passing stat line for today's game. Nine of twenty-one for fifty-six yards total. <laughs> Jesus. So this, my oh, friends, man. this Jenny Cremail goes to the post-week two. <laughs> Patriots Nation, who thought they had Superman on their team, only to find out they had a dud. And not and this, Jeff, not just one dud. Two duds. Two duds. Because Stidham so comes what, what, in and can't do much better. So I actually laughed out loud during the broadcast. I don't know if any of you guys could could hear the announcers, but when Stidham threw that like lateral was darn close to being like a fumble that our our, our guys picked up. I thought it was. I thought that was a backwards pass. It was darn close. I thought it was too in the moment. But the announcer just very dryly said, "Well, you wanted to see Jared Stidham." <laughs> <laughs> and that's a nice transition to what we're all feeling here. And I'm I'm going to tie it back to Jesus Christ's birthday. Uh, most of us just celebrated the Christmas and. Uh, we talk a lot about our families on this pod, and for me, and I'm sure for Billy too, our, our older boys are about three and a half, and like this was the first year where the lights really came on for Christmas, and there was a big lead up talking about Santa and all that, and what ended up happening was, like, I could just tell that it was sensory overload, like, too much to be excited about, couldn't really take it all in, couldn't really take in how how crazy awesome it was that he wrote this letter and then all the things he asked for just showed up magically. And this guy who landed on the roof, like he just, he just couldn't process it. And so tonight as I'm watching this game and as I'm sure Bill's nation is too, we got Bill Belichick whipping the phone off the Microsoft surface. 
you know, display on the sideline. We got a 38 to 9 final score. We got the stat line that Jeff just referenced. We got we got Josh Allen going over 300 yards for the 30th time this season. Four touchdowns. Stephon Diggs playing out of his mind. And as a, and to complete the sweep, to get the 12 wins, to do it in Foxborough, to do it on Monday night. And as a Bills fan, like I'm just reeling, watching all this, being like, "What do I be excited about? What? Like this is all awesome. I I don't know what to appreciate. I don't, I don't know what to enjoy. It's all too much." And I feel like over the next month or so, each bit of that's going to come to me in waves, and I'll be like, "Yeah, that was that was fucking awesome." But right now, it was so much awesome that I'm having trouble sorting through it all and making sense of where we're at because every every Bills fan I talk to, we talk about it on the pod a lot. You hear a lot of like, "I just keep thinking, is this team really this good?" And then every week we come out and like. Good God, they really are that good. And every drive, it's like, oh, what's going to happen here? And then it seems like we just score at will whenever we want. And it's 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 getting a little overwhelming. If I had to be honest, I I don't I don't know what to do anymore. I I, I don't want to be I don't want to be complacent about this. I don't want to be the cocky fans that we've hated all these years. Uh, and I don't want to be like you know Pollyanna and be like, oh, this is so wonderful. When no, like this is this is what it means to be a good fan. But it, it was just so much tonight. It was so much awesomeness. I don't know where to begin. So Jeff, get us going. Your Labatt Blue MVP of tonight's game. I mean, game. we've talked for years about <clears throat> sort of sort of like the, this notion of the Bills being built on a bunch of B pluses. Hmm. And, and, and like what's happened is some of those B pluses have have blossomed into have blossomed into A pluses. Um, mm. And there's so many to name, um, but the guy that that I'll start with in terms of my Jenny uh, or excuse me my Labatt Blue MVP player of today's contest, the guy that was all over the field on defense. We held the Patriots to nine points, and this guy was. Mm. It just felt like there was two of them out there, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. It's the guy that we know he's back to full health. Mm-hmm. We got to pay him. He's got to stay a Buffalo mm-hmm. Bill, baby, because he's everywhere on that mm-hmm. field. Sideline to sideline, Matt Milano, baby. Love yeah. it. The, op- the open field tackles, Jeff, were just insane. Like, I feel like that's something that we've really missed is a player that has the ability to go one-on-one and to make the Anybody. tackle. He probably just, just – and not like just slow him down. Speed. So it's, it, it just – it's incredible. And I, hands down, agree with that 100%. Cassie. Yeah, and, and it's crazy. It was in a game where Poyer missed an open field tackle and Edmonds missed an open field tackle, right? But Milano made just just multiple, just killer open field tackles. I think he I think he single handedly yeah. was responsible for what, three or four third down short of the sticks tackles? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we said it, it earlier and it's so crazy. Again, part of this like this all feels like a dream and I know that April feels like five years ago, but at the same time April feels like yesterday. It's also crazy to think that 14 weeks ago we were talking about how Matt Milano is the best player on this defense, and that's obvious because he's not there. But now he's back, and it's very yeah. clear with him in the lineup just how good he is. Jeff, I wholeheartedly agree. That guy played his just yeah. just played his brains out tonight, and yeah, hopefully they pay him because this defense looks a lot different when he's in there. When he comes up the gut on third down. That's it. Good night. You're not doing anything. Cass, coming to you now. Labatt Blue MVP. I'm I'm going to risk sounding like a total homer here. But what I've loved is our veteran players. And when I say veteran, I mean our 1990s players. Mm. The mm. Thurmans, the Jim Kellys, the Cornelius Bennett's, or, you know, James Lofton, the, the players that I... I see videos of them watching and supporting this team. Daryl Talley. Daryl Talley, thank you. And it's just, it's incredible. Because some people will be like, no, I don't want them to be better than us. And we set all these records. And Jim Kelly saying, I want Josh Allen to break all of my records because that means they're going to be good. 
I, I just think that shows the class of guys that we have as our historical reference and how they feel about these new guys and what they're going to do. And I, I, I said, I'm not going to sound like a total homer, but I just love it. I think it's a family. Yeah, I think it's great. And I, I, I just, love that. I, I think that's the little bat blue player, the players of the game. No, that's Loved fantastic it. Be- because it also exemplifies a lot of what this team is about too, which is what you said, that family, the, the cohesion. Bill, I know you can talk a little bit more about this firsthand, secondhand rather, from what you know from some of your family back there in Buffalo. But Cass, contrast that with one of our division rivals. And the Dolphins. And and those dumb motherfuckers who every year the, the team who has gone the longest lights up their cigar and does their little celebration. And, it, like, it's all about them. Yeah. But for our guys, no, it's all about the Bills. Well, hold, hold, it's hold on. It's all about Buffalo. It's all about the Bills. I want to say one thing. So, in all fairness, the teams that the Dolph- the 72 Dolphins are complaining about – that they're celebrating over are not the Dolphins. If the Dolphins, Anyways, Bill, coming to you now. No, come on, come on, come on. I want to say something. No, I want to say that something relevant no, we get to some that. Old timers yeah, listening yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the fact Talk that you're defending the 1970s Dolphins, they're going to shoot you. No, the but the point is that so Trey White actually said something pretty enlightening about about the old time players, right? And he's like, you know, I appreciate all the support and all the things, but, like, but we are our own thing. And Lars, you've said this multiple times where yes, I don't want to talk about the old bills. I don't I want to move on past that. Like, yes, that was an amazing thing, but don't put my experience in the context of those old bills. And, you know, like and, it, and I think that's what these players are doing. Yeah. They're just supporting the team that they love and they're fans of. They may have yeah. played for them. Yeah. They may yeah, have yeah, yeah. broken bones for them. But what are they doing? They're fans just like all of us. And it's awesome just watching it and seeing them support the team just like this. They're not trying to be in the limelight. I don't think one of them is trying to be in the limelight. But they're just Agreed. playing and loving the team just like any one of us. And and that, yeah. I think, is I awesome. think Thurman's trying to be in the limelight, man. Thurman contacted well, us like eight Thurman. times, you know, like – just like to do an appearance at our Bills backers of Chicago thing. I'm like, no, bro. No, Thurman, no, yeah. ain't nobody need to see you, okay? For the low, low price of like eight grand. Yeah, I was like, so, what? No, no, that's not happening, Thurman. No, Cassie, and that's why I appreciate your framing that it's they're they're cheering for the team. 100%. I, I, and you're right. It, Suge, I've gone so far as to like, you know, kind of accuse those guys of being a little high school hairy-ish and like, hey, fellas, move on. Like... This organization, this town, like needs to move on from the glory days. You got to move on from the glory days, and we need. It would be great if we had a team that we could actually root for. And what Cass is saying, we have one now, and they're and they're rooting for it. They're yeah. not talking about the glory days. They're rooting for the team. They're rooting for the city, and that's what we love. Billy, coming to you now, the Bat Blue MVP. Yeah. So, uh, by all means, someone take this. To, uh, but I mean, I have to mention Josh, right? It's just being. Absolutely incredible. He did not make. I seriously, I don't think he made a mistake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. He played a flawless game, and whether that shows up, I mean, I don't know if the stats are great, right? But like, I don't think his the precision with which he stats are great. The precision with which he played and just dominated the game and made every throw he needed to make including two that were dropped for touchdowns. Yes, he ended up getting touchdowns anyway. Uh, but his decision-making and being able to throw the ball away, his the way he steps up in the pocket, just the way he would hit his screen pass when the other passes were taken, the way that he hit Stefan, which they highlighted multiple times, and that one where Gabe Davis was over the top and, and Stefan was, you know. And the way Stefan, by the way, slowed down his route there, um, to find that nice little pocket that Josh could throw to was just awesome. So um, I guess I'm sort of choosing Josh, right, as my Labatt Blue MVP, but my real Labatt Blue MVP of, of today's game was my son, Liam. Oh, God. And mm. this... Here we go. This was super cool. Mute. Like, so we get... Dude, we get all the snacks out, right, ready for Bills, and he's gets... he's. He's come around, right? And it, it's been like a slow build, right? Where I haven't, I haven't pushed it a lot. Um, but he's, there's no doubt, like, there's so much bills going on. And it's like, he's coming to realize, like, all right, like, yeah, I better fucking hop on this bandwagon now, right? <laughs> so here Liam is getting ready for the game. 
and we start watching. He's like, you know, he wants me to explain to him what's going on. I explain to him, oh, we're trying to get to the yellow line, right, for the first down, whatever. It's like, or we're trying to get to where the letters are, where the, because he doesn't know when the end zone is. And we're like 10 minutes into the game. And well, Liam, actually, before the game start, even starts going, he's like, Dad, we need to turn all the lights, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we need to turn all the lights. So he gets, he he knows that I like to watch the games with all the lights off. So he turns all the lights off and everything. He's like, Dad, we forgot that light. I'm like, you're right. We did forget that light. It's fucking pitch black. I usually leave the one light on, but I was just like, let's roll with this, man. Anyway, we're 10 minutes into the game, and the doorbell rings. It's FedEx, right? Amazon delivery. And he says... Dad, uh, who is ringing the doorbell during the Bills game? We're not going to answer ah, that. Nice. <laughs> it was nice. just so cool. I'm like, yeah, man, like you're totally right. Who would do that? And he did like the head rub and everything. It was super cool. So he's my MVP of the game. Yeah, he's Good my MVP him. too. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it that. It is curious that your, your Amazon guys ring the doorbell. That's extremely disruptive. Yeah, well. I mean, as as a, you have kids the exact same age as me, you don't have a dog. You can only imagine the pandemonium in my house whenever the doorbell rings at any hour of the day. It's no good. I almost want to put a front like a sticker on my front door that says like, "This better be a fucking emergency. Don't ring the doorbell." Yeah, you better be delivering me a seventy-five uh, inch screen TV or uh, an iPhone, yeah. or your house better be on fire and you need me to put it out. Yeah. Suge, coming to you now. That's a great story, Billy. I love that. Yeah, it's it's a shame because we're on primetime so much, but like primetime's off the boys' radar here because we're an hour ahead. Yeah. So bedtime is. Uh, I actually I actually had time to put Jake or to to put Henrik down tonight and take a twenty minute nap with him <laughs> before the game started. That's that's what it's like being on the East Coast. Yeah. Well, just Suge. wait, guys. Like it because it's only a matter of time with my eight year old now. It's nine thirty. I'm like, Lucia, you got to eat your food. And I realize she's slow rolling her food. Now, Lucia's not a big eater, but but she's slow rolling her food because she just wants to keep watching. So it's like fourth quarter, like 12 minutes in, the backups are in. I'm like, baby girl, you got to go to sleep. Like, you can't you can't be up. It's like 947. This is like a preseason game. You're not missing a thing. Right? And I was just like, she's like, but but I'm wearing my Ellen jersey. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's good. Anyways, so, I mean, I think I just I, I just want to make my Labatt Blue. Oh, you guys are going to be really, really, really upset and disturbed. And I know it's going to change from the beginning. But today I did everything wrong. I took I used a different <laughs> Bills band on my Ooh, watch. So I got that for Christmas, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wore a different shirt to work. I wore different underwear. I've worn the same underwear for every Bills win, okay? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. As soon as I got home from work, I switched into all that shit, right? But but everything, like, I just, I have this thing where I'm just like, I don't, my team's just good. Yeah. They don't need my help, right? <laughs> So I know this is Lars's greatest moment, and and I kind of just kind of feel like I want to be like the Levat Blue is the Buffalo Bills for making me not have to work so fucking hard. <laughs> like I'm just like yeah, I'm just it's just crazy, guys. Like you know, we were saying I, I I texted all you guys like oh who do you want to play in the first round? Who are you scared to play in the first round? And then. We just beat the Patriots by fucking 31 points, and we beat the Broncos. Like So, like, granted, like, yeah, those are not the best teams in, in, in the world, but beat the Steelers by 11 points, and the 11 the, – yeah, and the Steelers are not that good, right? They were getting their ass kicked by the, by, the, the, by the Colts, and all of a sudden, they won the game. That's not what happened with us, you know? Like, it's so, like, are you scared to play this Colts? Like, I don't know. I mean, like, I just – it's so hard – like the Labatt Blue is the acceptance of this team being good, right? Good like this, the personal internal acceptance that like eh, I, I don't need to be scared of the fucking Baltimore Ravens. No one, no, you don't. We've played all those teams, and it's like you always think as a Bills fan, it's a fluke. It's a fluke. You won because this person was injured on that team. You won because this person was injured or or that you know like whatever like you got lucky but 
luck only happens so many times when we just keep winning <laughs> against really good teams. So that's that. Like the re- realization that the Buffalo Bills are independently spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, uh, a this is two straight week. Has this ever happened in the NFL? This is two straight weeks that the Bills have, or any team for that matter, have won by twenty nine points. We beat the Broncos forty eight nineteen, and we just beat the Patriots thirty eight to nine. So Ooh. I don't know how often that happens, uh, but you know you got to go back to you got to go back to the first Patriots game that this team didn't win a game by double digits. Uh, and that's not the only, the only hiccup in the road. There was the Hale Murray between then and now, and and they showed it on the screen tonight that the the Hale Murray mm. is the only thing standing between this game, this team, and what a nine game win streak, eight game win streak, nine. I mean, come on, nine, yeah, nine game, good. Nine game. How many more? How many more MVPs do we have to give out? Because I want to give an honorable mention. Just I okay. got mine. I got mine. I want to. I want to. I want to. A give a shout out to Diggs. Okay. okay. Um, I want to give a shout out to Diggs because Jesus Christ! I mean, it's unbelievable. At, at, at one point, in the third or fourth quarter was like, enough, enough, Stefan. They've had enough <laughs> of you. <laughs> They're already dead. Please, okay. Um, you got it. You, you and you got to give love to Josh, of course. Yes. Um, I want to give a quick mention though to John Brown. Remember that guy. Remember that guy? Can't wait because for him you to don't be have back. to go. Can't go. You don't have to go back very far on this podcast to hear us say how the offense runs through John Brown. Well, Jesus Christ, what are we scoring ninety points a game when he comes back? <laughs> I sincerely hope they bring him in as like the the wide receiver four. I don't want them bringing him in and like forcing the ball to him. Like whatever. Oh, you're doing now, oh, you don't, you son of a bitch. <laughs> You guys all fucking clowned me all of Christmas when I made that suggestion on GroupMe that we shouldn't force him into the thing. It might mess up the chemistry and all that other stuff. But you guys are like, oh, really? You're sad because Kumaro is getting replaced by John Brown? You bastards. I, I feel like I feel like those are two points that have, have converged in your head and nowhere else in the universe. I was only saying that I was concerned about bringing John Brown back in and messing up the chemistry. It was not about Kumaro. Point yes, I I am with you. I I think that there. You did not yes. support me, Lars. You could have supported well, me. I'm, I've thought about it further, Suge, and, and it took it took me several days to to uh, catch up to your intellect. How about that? I'll take it. Um, but hey, come on, and Jeff, I want to get to your your uh your runners up here, but I think somebody gave it to him last week of the week before. But let's not overlook Sean McDermott in all of this too. I mean, the one thing that, and I think we said it last week after the Broncos, is that there's no such thing as a letdown game. There's no such thing as a, a moment being too big for this team. Now, Grant, it's 2020. Who knows what's going to happen in 2021? But in this season, in this month, and and, and I, I can they can they keep it going for another five weeks? I don't fucking know. And, and I know I know it's different because we're winning, but. To see all these coaches on the other sideline, right? Like pulling their mask down and blah, 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 and Belichick throwing the phone against the wall and all this stuff. And then you just see Sean McDermott with his mask on. Just look, right as rain. Just, just Mr. Calm, Cool, and Collective. Mr. Clap. Mr. It, Mr. Calm, yeah, Cool, Collected, Clap. You know, he's got his good <laughs> clap, but like. Like, it just is this, it's so settling, right? Like, when they show him on the sidelines, I'm like, ah. Like, I just take a deep breath and be like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, McDermott, look at yeah. him. He's he's cool. He's cal- he's, he's ready. You know, nothing's going to get us. I right, love it. But it, it the, but here's what I love, though, Cass, is that this team is prepared. They're smart. They're disciplined. And yet they're fucking ruthless. <laughs> Okay, it was obvious that they were trying to break that passing record earlier in the game. Okay, these guys aren't fucking around. They ran a fake punt that seemed to be. And you know what that fake punt was? You know what that fake punt was? Because as soon as they mentioned it on the broadcast, there was a giant middle finger to last year 
in Orchard Park when the Patriots blocked the punt because we weren't ready for it. So they came out in the same formation. They're trying to pull the same shit this year. We just threw it to the open guy, which is what we should have done last year. But McDermott, because he's ruthless, just said, great, you want to dare me to put my giant balls on the table? Here they are. First down, Saran Neal, the lefty, one for one. Put it down in the books. Here we go. Okay? But then they tell this nice little story about how Sean McDermott, who... You know, I don't think there's been a I don't think there's been a head coach of the Buffalo Bills who's a bigger fan of Jesus Christ than Sean McDermott. But what did he do to spend his Christmas Day? Sled riding up on a hill, turned into an impromptu Bills party with other members of the organization. And and they said that. And I was like, you know what? I bet that's not players. I bet that's front office people. I bet that's assistant coaches, str- like training staff and a bunch of random people. Because this whole thing you're talking about, Cass, about family and the alumni coming back and supporting everybody, it runs through Sean McDermott. He set that tone. That's the expectation. And that's what it means to be a Buffalo Bill. And for years, we have heard about you know teams like the Steelers who pick up free agents or teams like the, like the Patriots, quite frankly. And when, you, when free agents come into that locker room, like right away, they have to adjust to the culture. Because the culture is stronger than them. If they don't want to adjust, they're they're out. That's it. It ain't going to work. Well, we have that now in Buffalo. And what does it mean? It means being light. It means being loose. It means being for your teammate and for your brother. And it means being family. But also, you're there to fucking work and get it done. And and if anybody's going to doubt you, you're going to be a ruthless motherfucker. And you're going to put it right back in their eye every Amen. chance you get. Amen. Ugh. And that's all because of Sean McDermott and because of Josh Allen. I, I don't want I don't want to like sell this guy short too because I would think Bill was talking about Josh or whoever it was, and I said it again on the group meet. Josh Allen is the anti Dawson Knox. This guy's head is in the <laughs> game. We talk about gamesmanship with this guy several times on the podcast. If there's a defender who's a baby's breath across the line of scrimmage, Josh is on it. He's on it. He's on it. He's taking that free shot. He's looking at the referee right in the eye. As soon as that, as soon as the play's dead, he's pointing to the guy. He's already knows his number. He's calling him out. He's bootlegging for 22 yards on fourth and one because he's running a, a, a fake QB sneak or some crazy shit. Like, this guy's head is in the game. He's ruthless. He wants to win. And, like, he might, be, he co- might come across as goofy or... Or like having fun or light mm. out there, but do, do, do not be fooled. Josh Allen is a bad motherfucker. <laughs> we all talked about it, and that guy is going to steal your lunch money the first chance he yeah, gets. And they talked about it on WGR this week about like, <laughs> don't forget that he had the highest wonderlick, right? The guy's not yes. stupid, mm. you know. He's a smart. <laughs> it shows. Yeah, that dude is that guy is stupid like a fox. I'm telling you right <laughs> now, watch out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's so exciting. I love it. I mean, Lars, you, you said it so well. Um, and when I asked for the honorable mention before you said on that, and I'll just double down on the point, it was to talk about Sean McDermott and, and Heath Farewell. And because mm. that play, by the way, I don't, you know, if we just stop and think about that play, the fake punt for a second, what a wild what, a, what an incredibly wild play that was. I mean, the game was 3-3. We're at our own 38-yard line. I mean, I mean, I just, I, and like, I just, I honestly can't get over how aggressive. Now, the interesting thing was is presumably that was a call from, that was a call from what, guys? That was, because that was not a fake, that was not a call like, that was not a call before the, the, the lineup happened of we're gonna fake the punt. It was clearly a call of if they show this configure if if the page yeah. right? Yes. It was one of those calls. Yes. And and for them to have the like the foresight to do that and the and the and like you said, Lars, like put your balls on the table to do that at our own thir- it was the first quarter. Three three yes. at our own thirty-eight against a quarterback who hasn't who didn't score a touchdown in two games. And you got to mm. give it to Sean McDermott and, and Heath Farewell for calling up the play. But the aggressiveness of that play, that you want to talk about not playing to lose and playing to win, you look at that play yes. right there. I mean, the fact that we were still slinging the ball in the fourth quarter, sure, that, that's 
great too. But it was the first quarter. Why was Matt Barkley throwing the ball? Because why not, Lars? Like that the same reason the same reason why we threw a fucking fake punt in the first quarter on our thirty yard line is that because we're just better than you. We are just very simply better than you. And even if you score a touchdown from my thirty yard line, I'm gonna score two yep. in the next That's right. Like two quarters. Right? And so it's just do like you know, Do you know the play that I'm talking about though? The tip that tipped that off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, where, where they where they blocked our our punt, right? Yeah, and that was the difference in last year's home game. And that's what's amazing is that nowadays, like, that's the difference is that those plays before us would go against us, and now they have a play on us that 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 in the previous times beat us, and now it's we beat them with that play. Right, like That's we're like, saying. oh, not only did we not like, I'm not only am I not calling your bluff, I'm trumping you. You know, like, like it's just like it's it's incredible. It's like it's not just a changing of the guard. It's just like, I mean, granted, Brady's not there, whatever. It's not a fair opponent, <laughs> right? Like, no. dude, I mean, nobody no. thinks that the Patriots are the hardest team to beat in our division, right? No. But it still feels it really fucking good. This letdown to lose to that Patriots team tonight. But yeah, and we didn't. We beat exactly. him by twenty nine on the road. Yeah, yeah. There's two straight road wins that we've won by twenty nine points. Here, here, here's a question, and I'm watching a game with my family here, right? On a text chain with my family. Anytime we get to fourth and one, fourth and two, we're all just like, "Go for it, go for it." Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. we're at our forty, we're at their forty. Who cares? Like, it, it's just. The confidence level and the ability to know, okay, let's go for him fourth and two. We don't get it. All right, fine. You get the ball back. You score. We're going to score. As large as you said, we're going to score more points than you. I was never in doubt today. Cassie. That, like, when they came down, it was, like, 3 nothing, or And I took the over. And you and Lars, yeah. or Jeff and Lars, were doubtful. And I was like, guys, we're putting up – we're going to put up 40 on our own today. We came close. Mm. Not quite there. But, like, we're just going to score points. Like, I am not worried – like, who are we going to play in the playoffs? Like, Kansas City? Come on, let's bring it on. Like, I'm ready. You know what I think let's that do is, it. too, Cassie? Because I feel the same way in terms of, like, the fourth and one, fourth and two. The number of different ways that we can pick up that first down is yeah. just staggering. Oh, yeah. we, we, we haven't felt this way in 30 years. It's just the number of different it, – it just feels like – because I feel the same way you do. It's like, go for it because – we got seven different players on the field that could pick up those two yards in different ways. Yep. And, and, and one of them is a long ball to Gabe Davis that they're lucky <laughs> they called a timeout on. But, like, and, and that's honestly what opened up Diggs for his first touchdown, right? Because we'd beaten them yep. long, over the top. They shaded all the way to Gabe they Davis, and that covered, opened yep. up Diggs. It, it opened up Diggs. No safety coverage. And Diggs is like, okay, I got one man to beat. Done. Oh. Like, brilliant. That is- I, if I'm if my numbers are not mistaken, that is the fifth touchdown taken away from Gabe this season. <laughs> yes, and he's got six or yes. seven of them. Yes, all true. Yes, so we actually I think somebody again I don't know if it, and I apologize to our listeners because sometimes I don't know if we talk about these things in our group me or if we talk about them on the podcast. About our preference this year, would you rather see Tom Brady succeed or Bill Belichick succeed? And there's there was something written about a week ago about how this the, the foundation of the Patriots empire has been crumbling now for three years. And that if you take Brady out of the equation, I mean, it just lights out. Which is yep. obvious. Obvious. Yep. But, but we said early in this game today when we were chatting up that I mean, guys, we just handed Bill Belichick his ninth loss. Mm. This is their first losing season in 20 years. He was trying like hell to win this game. He was trying like hell to avoid a losing season. And we went ahead and handed it to him anyways. So looking back on that, what's more satisfying? Handing the Patriots and their god-awful fans and that organization and Robert Kraft, that that slimy SOB, and Bill Belichick, that wife-beating scumbag, like, what feel? Yeah, oh yeah, Cassie, yeah, look it up, baby. It's guilty, guilty as charged. Um, 
what feels more satisfying? Would you would would you feel the same way if, no, if Brady was no. flaming out in Tampa? This is a thousand times more satisfying. And is it more satisfying because Brady isn't flaming out in Tampa? Because Brady's setting franchise yeah, records there's something, in Tampa. There's something I actually think almost more satisfying about that. There's something there's something so incredibly juicy and satisfying about Tom Brady having a decent season in Tampa Bay. And the, Patri- great and the Patriots being one of the worst teams. They are terrible. And, and the greatest thing about it is they look like they're going to be bad for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they are hopeless. They're absolutely hopeless. And it feels so good. I had so much enjoyment watching Cam Newton stink. And then when Stidham came in, I am, I may have even more enjoyment out of being like, this is why they're playing Cam Newton. Because this guy, who, by the way, in the offseason, if you listen to any Patriots fan, the talk was, ooh, Patriots Nate, Patriots coaches, like they know what they got in Stidham. They let Tom yeah. Brady walk because they feel real good yeah. about Stidham. They're so and then when smart. Cam Newton came, it was, yeah, they feel real good about These guys both stink. They're terrible. They're awful. And it feels great watching them. Mm. 100%. So I, I, I'll say one thing is that I beating the Patriots is obviously incredibly meaningful, right? But beating the Empire is what makes the difference, right? And the Empire without Tom Brady is no longer the Empire. Yeah, that ship has sailed, unfortunately. You know? No, I know. I know. And, and that's... Here's what I want to do. I want to sweep the fucking Patriots. And then I want Tampa Bay to make their asses to fucking the Super Bowl, and I want to beat them. Yeah, there. like oh. because that would be the best fucking thing. In, like, like love it. in Tampa, love it. Beat in Tampa, because you know what? Do you really think you guys have watched Tampa Bay play, play a couple games? Do you think that Tom Brady could beat our defense, and we couldn't beat their their defense? Like, no, we're the best team. It, in the put NFL. offense to offense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do the, the thought of facing Tom Brady on in the Super Bowl is is making my my palms sweat. Yeah. Well, like, here's the thing: I, I, once you beat the Kansas City Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl, you're going to have zero issues with confidence. Let me tell you something: I have booked flights to Tampa Bay, and I did that, and I did that, you know, after the Bills won the AFC East. Teresa and I did that because we were a little bit drunk and a little bit excited. I now, I now don't expect to get those tickets refunded. I mean, I we are going to Tampa Bay. Okay, Woo! love it. <laughs> All right, let's leave it. On, let's leave it on that note. I mean, again, I, I think it's going to take a couple days and and more thinking and more we podcasts are going to Tampa and more. Bay, baby. Woo. <laughs> to, Super to really, Bowl. To really internalize the gravity of what's happening because it's. I feel like we all have the bends. We all we went from is this team good to Jesus Christ, how good is this team? Like really fast. It happened really fast. We just won our twelfth game, and we're probably gonna we're probably gonna be out for blood again next week against the Dolphins because mm. we want to get that two seed. So <sighs> let's just yeah. enjoy the ride. Let's just enjoy the ride. That's that's where we've been in twenty twenty. It's the only enjoyable team yeah. about this year from hell is the Buffalo Bills. So let's just keep enjoying it more. Go Bills. Go fucking Bills. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card! This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. And I am actually going to hop back off the gluten train first of the year, which means I am on the gluten train until then. So I I did a little beer run today, and I, Suj, I've never heard of what I, I got an iron... Uh, Ironworks Brewing, which is kind of like a local thing out here. And I'm trying to figure out where this one's from. Uh, this is from New Jersey, Hackensack, New Jersey. So this is an East Coaster. Ale Elementary. The Hops and Dreams. It's actually quite delicious. It's beautiful. Uh, and I'm a big fan. It's a, it's a Deepa, 8.5%. Uh, <laughs> so I've been enjoying that this evening. <laughs> Good for you. Nice. Well, I uh, Lars, coming right back at you. I, there's a couple different things I want to talk to you guys about. Um, you, something that you might be able to find, Lars, by you, 
is this Kings County Brewery Collective. It's a bunch of brewers that, um, you know, they brewed in their houses, apartments, and then they went and brewed in different breweries. And then they got together and they said, we all want to start a brewery, but we can't do it. So let's just all get to back together. And so um, one of the beers that obviously I'm working now, so I'm not um, drinking anything. But one of the beers that um, I had yesterday um, was called the Superhero Sidekicks. And it mm. just it just immediately made me think of Josh Allen, Cole Beasley, and and Stefan Diggs. So it's like here's Josh Allen with all of his sidekicks. So I was like, here's my here's my superheroes. And then the other thing that I just randomly found at uh, a store was a beer. I don't even know what this company is. Liquid Love Brewing Company. But this is what I kept putting up in front of your faces today. It just said just swangin'. <laughs> just Swanging, and all of that was was Josh Allen's big ass fucking dick just slapping you in the face, <laughs> repeatedly slapping Belichick in the face. Just like I don't know, I just I just felt like the man was swanging today. That's all I got. This is our opportunity to apologize to Mister and Mrs. Day <laughs> for dropping a lot of information in their laps after the Broncos game. Uh, thank you for the hospitality. Uh, it was your son that led us astray following the, the Broncos-Bills Saturday night game. Jeff, coming to you. What were you I'll make this short and sweet, baby. Austin. All-American, just like this Buffalo Bills, all-America city, baby. Bud Light. Wow, Bud Light. Come on, Jeff. I don't need to hear a word about I love this... It. So Suj just talked off microphone. It was the funniest thing he said on this podcast for four years. It was very soft. Come on, Jeff. Moving on, baby. Moving on. Cass? Yeah, I I will say, um, so I started today a little earlier than I probably should have, around like 2 o'clock. My husband and I um, mm. went to a brewery here. So if anyone is ever in Summit County, so thinking Keystone, Breckenridge, A-Basin, Copper, you're coming out here to ski – you need to check out Angry James Brewery here Ooh. in Silverthorne, Colorado. Um, really extensive list of beers, and they have a wide range. So I think the five of us could actually go there, and everyone could find a beer that they would like. And it's kind of one of those breweries where I don't think a lot of places do that. But Angry James Brewery, I had uh, some Alpenweiss, which are like Hefeweizens, and I had a blonde, and then I... Switch to the good old Rocky Mountain Coors beer. Nice. Mm. Billy, come <laughs> to you now. The bat blue light. And can I say that I don't know if you guys have seen any of these photos floating around the old social media, but Labats, they're ugly Christmas sweaters, a.k.a. like cool Christmas sweaters that they've been giving out as swag to like, you know, coaches and former players and players and whatever are awesome. Like, props to them, their PR team and everything for handing out some really cool stuff. So, I don't know if we're going to get into a wild card, wild card. We had just talked and we decided to go live and continue the conversation about what to do next week against the Miami Dolphins. As of right now, the Bills are the number two seed. And this is going to be talked about extensively. It's probably going to be on the radio all day tomorrow. The Bills are the number two seed right now over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers have also been put in a position where they could use the rest against Correct. a Cleveland Browns team next week who's fighting for their lives to be in the playoffs. So... The Browns might just roll over, or the Steelers might just roll over and say, hey, just whatever, take it. (laughs) We need a week off here uh, because our team's old and broken. And that would basically mean low stakes for the Bills because the the Bills then would don't have to win. They they can also lose and still retain the the two seeds. So to me, that's, that's an argument for resting the starters. And just letting whatever happens between four and seven happen. That's going to happen because it's a between the Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, and Colts. 
four of those are going to be in one of those is going to be out they're all 10 and 5 right now and it's impossible to say how this is going to go down i i don't know if there is a strong preference for what the bills do but it seems that rest resting our guys is is probably not going to be consequential in the long run because they're probably going to get that number two seed regardless so Cass, you're nodding well we we can't we can't rest we can't rest this team I think mm. we are – these players like to go out and they like to play. And we go week to week. That's a Sean McDermott mentality, right? It's a week to week. We, we game plan. We show up. We play. Then it's on to the next week. And I think resting these players I, I think would be detrimental to our future in the I'm playoffs. inclined to agree with you, Cass. I, I think maybe they do – they kind of like shoot down the middle and maybe it's only a quarter or a half. Yeah. For the start, yep. so, so that they go through their week to week routine. Bill, yeah, so Sal before the game has was talking considerably about this, and he was saying, "Hey, remember, McDermott comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree, and Andy Reid has always been a big believer in resting your players." And actually, there was just an article that was released saying that. Kansas City is going to rest their players. So they're, of course, in a different scenario here, but it's the philosophy that matters. So, you know, one might argue that, all right, Sean McDermott, you know, has recognized that there is some value. He recognizes that there's a lot of value in giving his players that rest. Another thing he mentioned was that last, is it last year that we had locked up the. Yeah. we had locked it up, and we were in week seventeen, and he didn't he didn't tell Josh how many snaps he was going to take. Mm. They prepared the same they were going to prepare all week. Josh was you know maybe Josh knew that he wasn't going to play the full game, but McDermott pulled him out after the first series. So that's a that's a Sean McDermott thing. Like you could totally <laughs> see him doing something like that. Uh, and then just pulling the plug on it after a certain amount of time, be like, all right, cool, yeah, we're good with this. Well, we've all mm. talked about the the progression of this Bills team from the team that squeaked by the Jets and 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 almost lost to the Rams to the team that's trounced the, the most majority of teams, right? Like, the, this is a different team at the beginning of the season versus now, right? Like, we are, we are superstars now. Um, so the question is, what is more important, rest or rhythm, right? Yeah. So yeah, is is the 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 point that like, hey, we gotta we we can't because you you guys we've all seen that right thing where a team rests their entire starters and then they come out flat when they come in the yeah. playoffs, right? As opposed to just rolling. Have but we then though? by Have the same, we seen it? like I know yes. that's a not that's from a narrative. not from it's not a, from it's our a narrative, team. right? Like, but like, no, but it's it's I've see, I've definitely seen that in the in 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 the NFL, right? Like where a team comes out and they rested and they just don't look like the team that they were before. I don't remember what, that point, what did we look huge. like after our buy. I can't remember what what was our story after our buy. Uh, I think it was the. Uh, we have we that. lost coming out of our buy, right? Because we lost to no. Arizona going into the buy, no. and we've no, we've, we haven't lost since the buy. Yeah. Suge, I I think that. And I'll answer your question here. The buy that the game after the buy was the Chargers. Okay, so, so we we have so what have we done after the buy? We've won every game by double no. digits. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, but, in that context, and I'm just like, go. Yeah. Like I don't care because it's like Miami, Indianapolis, Baltimore. Who's the harder team to beat? It doesn't fucking matter, right? Like they're all going to be the same level of difficulty. Let's be honest. But here's 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 what I, I want to go back to though. So a team that gets knocked off its rhythm early in a game, okay, fine, 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 fine. But we have a team that can score points from the moon. So if we have to, if we have to endure a quarter and a half of not having our shit together, you mean to tell me you don't trust this team to score 27 points in the back half of that game? In the last two and a half quarters to get it to get its act back together? Like I I feel like we're playing everybody. The the con- the, the the consequence of, of of disrupting that rhythm is not going to sustain itself over an entire game to the extent that this team loses 
a contest because of that rhythm disruption. Lars, I think you're right. But the reason that I think that we will play everybody is because it will determine whether it could determine whether or not we have a home game for the second playoff game. And and I just think that that is in the McDermott era. I, I don't I don't understand how you could look at that and say that is not worth fighting for. Because it doesn't, and there's no fans in the stands, and we've done just as well away as we have done at home. I I understand that too. I understand that too. But like, you know, especially with some of the teams that we might play in the second game, it's just like, I just I honestly cannot imagine this team resting starters in this last game. I can't imagine it. Here's the thing, because when I see Cole Beasley limping, when I see Jordan Poyer maybe with a little bit of a concussion. <laughs> I don't want those guys playing. I, I, I honestly, I like. I want those guys fresh. I'm so fucking over losing in the first round of the playoffs. I'm super excited about being in the playoffs, but I'm so over losing this. If this team loses in the first round of the playoffs because we're worn, because we have injuries or whatever, it will be a massive disappointment. Let me guarantee. Right? You, let me tell you. I don't right care now, about please. the last game. Let me tell you something. If today's first quarter was any indication where we're playing Taiwan Jones, Andre Roberts, Devin Singletary within the five to break a record, Cole Beasley, who is 37 yards away from his first 1,000-yard season, that blonde-headed beauty freestyling rapper, he is suiting up for Week 17 because he wants that. He wants that, and Dable and team are going to give him that opportunity. I would be shocked. I would be floored. And mm. Allen or whoever it is, Berkeley, is going to feed him the ball. They're going to get him his 40 yards, and then he might come out. But, man, that boy is getting his 40 yards. Yeah, no, I think that's – and then he should, right? But I don't know, man. Like, I think that, like, at some point, like, parental oversight is important, right? Like <laughs> – like, like this, these guys, that this Trey these guys want to play. I mean, these guys want a ball. Does Trey right? White need to be in the Why game? does Trey White need to be? If Trey White has some fucking bitch-ass third-rounder I mean, take out his fucking knees, we're fucked. then that's nothing to that team. That, but it's everything to yeah. us. I mean, that, had, that has a difference between AFC Championship game and Super Bowl for sure. There's no way you're going to be able to cover everybody with Kansas City. Maybe you can no. make up for it against some of these other teams with your firepower and offense, but there's no way you're going to be able to beat the Chiefs without Trey White. It's also about talking about the fact that we've been playing at a really high level for eight games in a row, nine games in a row now, right? We should have just won nine games in a row. You, that does not come without wear and tear, right? But a question for you guys. what What are these guys? They're... They're professional football players, right? They're not professional sit-on-the-bench or scratch players, right? They are professional <laughs> nice. football players. I see players what you're doing who here. show up I see what you're doing. <laughs> every week to play football. Yeah. Right, but and how many teams, how many, how many professional football players go nine weeks without a bye? It's not that I, often. I, I'm, I'm not saying play them the whole game. But I'm saying let's yeah. get out there. That's fair. Let's let's get out there. Let's play. Yeah. Let's get up our lead. Let's put them away. Let's do what we did tonight. And, and, exactly. Yeah. No, I do. Just, I do love the idea of starting them. Starting yeah. <laughs> them. Let them get into a rhythm. You know, and then like just just fewer snaps. Like there's a lot more Levi Wallace and Dean Marlowe than there is Trey White and Jordan Poyer. Well, timeout. So. I what okay so let's let's pull way out. That's what she what said. What is the objective of Sunday's game? What what is the objective? Is it is it to win? Yes. No. Or yes. is or is it to or is it to find this balance that you're talking about? This balance between maintaining continuity and rhythm but also keeping players healthy. Yes. Yes, that's what that's I think. That's the objective. I'm I'm in for the win. <laughs> it's, it's it's the second seed. It's a win. It's it's. We only get sixteen weeks of the year at this. Show up, play, get business done, then take a rest. But we're the second seed if Cleveland wins, and I think I think it's I think Cleveland. I think know. Pittsburgh is more likely. T- yes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we are. Wait, I. Th- yeah, we do. I, but we won't. Aren't the games all at the same time? 
Correct. There will be some scoreboard watching exactly. probably on our Skype. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, we, yes, we wouldn't know, but... But the worst case scenario, worst right now, is that we're the three seed. Nothing can happen that we would be worse than the three seed. I mean, I'm, I'm 100% Correct. with Cassie on this. The objective is to win the game so that you get the number two seed. I mean, to me, it's not even debatable. We're going to play the starters. We're going to win the game. We might do a little scoreboard watching. If we can, can pull them in the third quarter, great. We are not just going to be satisfied with going and losing to the Dolphins, who have everything to play for. So if we play our second string, we're probably going to lose the game. We are going to go out and win this game, and we're going to get the second seed. We're going to crush the Dolphins. We're going to play the starters for the whole game, and it's on, baby. So here's my thing. Do you is think that, that delta between the second and third seed, seed it weighs yes. heavier than giving yes. your guys a break? But, but you Jeff, you have to understand that, that come on, these players <laughs> have been playing nonstop since the bye, and they've been winning. Yeah, that's, they're playing at a very see, high if you level. Go all the way to the Super Bowl. That's ten. Well, I mean, you do get a bye before the Super Bowl, so it would be nine weeks without a bye. Plus, the Chiefs have. If you're trying to play the long game, the Chiefs have the t- time off with the bye. So if you want your bodies to be like their bodies are, I just love. I love break. that we have to have the conversation. I love it's that awesome. we have to have the conversation. That's great. Yeah, I mean. The the yeah. Talk about an evolution of this podcast. <laughs> when have we ever had a conversation in this universe? I can't wait till the schedule releases in uh, April. <laughs> like, please you know? pin pin tweet on the Bills and Beers Twitter account. Don't tell me shit about strength of schedule until week fourteen. No, no, Every I mean year. as to where I we're gonna trap, where we're gonna travel, and. Booking our flights. Oh, we already know. We know all that. We don't know when we're going to book our flights. We know all that. Oh, our flights. The the Bills and Beers flights, yes. Yes. Post-COVID, of course. Sue, are you vaccinated? I am. That's what I was about to say. I I got my first vaccine. The second one's coming January 12th. And I'm just going to go where the fuck I want to with a little real real comfortable light mask. Ain't no N95 in this bitch because, like, the relative – the only thing is I – I might want to get another shot later because I don't know how long it well, lasts. Well, that's that's a that's, that's a step fine. in the right direction. I, I whatever. I, though, I don't know. The this, more important it's, thing it's be... is I you know whatever my ass getting vaccinated. Let's everybody else get vaccinated. Just let's just go fucking hang out. Yeah. Let's go fucking watch well, Bills the, games. The, yes, let's 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 do that in Tampa I, and this wherever in Tampa. I don't in give Tampa a fuck. Forever. Let's go to New Orleans. Let's, yeah, let's, let's all move to Tampa. <laughs> right. That bay called Tampa. What a, game, what a night. What a game. What a night. What a team. Yeah. What a year. Yeah. What a season. Uh, f- tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your loved ones. If you haven't subscribed, do so already. Gang, we've got 12 wins. We've won 12 games this year. Mm. 12 mm. games. Against 12 a really hard games. schedule. A really hard schedule. That's we We have not talked about that, but in terms of the Bills is a playoff team. Yeah, we're one of we're one of the most tested teams out there. So <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> let's fucking fight, bitches. Let's fight. In the meantime, go Bills. Go, go Bills. Bills. The Bills make me wanna shout.